Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show, connecting you to ideas, people, and tools to help you make an independent living doing something you care about without burning out. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If we were uh, characters in Forrest Gump, he'd be Lieutenant Dan, experienced and a total a-hole. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Jenny, restless, hungry for the experiences of the world, also very tall. And me, Chase Reeves. I'd be Forrest Gump, I guess, because I'm not all there, I love to run, and I'm always ruining stuff. So I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. <laughs> in this episode, listener of the show, Adam, has an idea he really believes in. He's worried about walking that line between preparing too much and not ever launching, and preparing too little and ruining his chances of success. We dig into this question uh, uh, about what's the right amount of prep before a launch. But first, how about uh, an unusually sizable portion of Ballyhoo? Sound good to you? You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 70. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Right, all right. Okay, boys, we're back for another, back with another one of them block-dropping beats. (laughs) 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 Obama, 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 (laughs) Obama. I do like that. (laughs) Oh, yo, yo, yo. And then we're we're going going off into, oh, you remember that, like, dude, when you get, like, a keyboard? Like a MIDI, like a, just a regular Casio or, or like anything like that. There's With like sampling? some, yeah, there's a, there's a, a like a built in. I, I had the SK1, the original sampling. There you keyboard, go. The, key, the Casio. It's like, there's this, these built in like sounds that everything has. Like there's the orchestra hit, like bump. Yeah. <laughs> bump. And then, and then like the whistle, like, <laughs> which, who, there was a time when like people use that all the time, these kinds of things. Yeah. And like, why? Why? I guess there was a time when it was new. Just like there was a time when there was a, when a list post was new and it was affected. There's a time when like, you know, uh, starting a blog about living your passion was like a new thing and like you could you could go yeah. get big doing that. Um there was also a time for an orchestra hit hey, but and you a know whistle what? sound. All that stuff comes back around again. It and does. Now you got an 808 kick drum. Uh-huh. It makes the girlies get dumb. And it does. And that <laughs> probably was played out for a while and, and it now brings, it's cool again. And it brings all the girls to the yard. Yeah. Boys to the yard. Boys. Boys to the yard. Yeah. Yeah, there's a in that Jesus Jesus the the Jesus album was uh, probably of all the hip hop in the last three years for me like one of the one of the better. Really? Like, I like his previous album a little more. Jesus I think. Christ album names like there's probably the crucifixion, like Christ, the resurrection, Superstar. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the Jesus album. Well, just because like what was great is it came out right at the same time as Jay Z, Jay Z, and his uh, Holy Grail. What was the name of that album? Holy Grail? I don't know. Because basically, which has, you know, one great song with Justin Timberlake on it. Watch the I thought Throne. there was, yeah, uh, no, not Watch the Throne, which was also awesome. But that was with Kanye. That right? was with yeah. Kanye. Uh, but then, anyways, the like most Blueprint recent. Blueprint 7, maybe? Yeah, it's like, blue, it's like, it's like black print. <laughs> but it was the, the most recent Jay-Z and uh, Jay-Z for our Canadian listeners. Um, and boy, compared to Yeezus, like, and Yeezus was really hard. To listen to it first you're like what is happening yeah and the then, more you listened oh, to it so the better it got the yeah. opposite happened with jay-z mm. 
is it's always a bummer you immediately loved it because oh look more of the same and then it just gets worse it and worse flat yeah it gets yeah. worse and worse with every listen um I, I will always be a fan of that justin timberlake song with him though the holy grail is there a lesson there or the point being you could be a passion blogger today but you're gonna have to wait 12 years for it to be cool again yeah everything comes around eventually because everything does come around again yep what are we on to now i think 90s fashion is pretty hot right now grunge fashion Sure. So, yeah. so after that, but you got to take it and turn it like like flannel. All that, all, like how how hilarious actually to draw a line between the hipsters and coffee shops wearing their flannel pattern shirts. Yep. Yeah. You know, and those flannel pattern shirts. I like how being, you say there. Being when, like, tied, very often all of us are wearing being tied yeah, around your waist with like with like like ripped up jeans. Like it's the same shirt. We're just we just have the the pocket protectors now. Yeah, well, I just kept a lot of my wardrobe from the mid nineties, <laughs> and size, now yeah. it's cool again. Yeah, which is a great investment strategy. It is a good one. I, I just remember watching the trends, like when I was in high school in the seventies, like bell bottoms were in, and then yeah. later eighties came in, and now nineties. And so, what's next? Stuff from the Goo Goo Dolls era is going to be oh hot pretty soon. Iris, Chase. what a so song. you probably are going to be. You got to break some stuff yep. out of your closet soon. So, uh, my good friend Andy's birthday the other day went and saw some smooth jazz. We weren't ready to stop partying yet. We went on to karaoke, chopsticks. Guess what? Did a song. I, my, I love doing songs I've never done before because it's the only exciting thing for me. Yeah. With karaoke these days, because mm-hmm. there's a handful of songs that, like you know, you know you so well, and it's really great, and and <clears throat> and I do love I, I love that high on stage where like everybody's like, wow, this is amazing. But like when and it's, part of blind karaoke is not knowing the words as well. Yeah. And when you and, do know the words, it's a little easier, and you can perform. And the dream when is, you have to like be glued to the screen it's a little different it, totally you're absolutely right and then there's but there's also like this sense that like really i think karaoke is about the song choice performance is great oh. but but you could really ruin a performance and pick the right song yeah. and it won't matter at all yeah. so i did hey jealousy by the gin blossoms mm-hmm. um and uh gave it a listen through before i got up on stage which i'm glad i did that was that was great uh, and then i did it and and i was i it wasn't my first uh it wasn't my first drink of the night by the mm. time I got up there. So I what time are we talking about? I wasn't here? exactly. This was like, it was like one fifteen okay. in the morning, something like that, yeah. I think. I think uh, I've seen you we do karaoke on. at that time before. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great because I'm just an animal. But I was also like really like. Everybody in the audience is in the same state. I though. wasn't the same kind of like way up there gin drunk. Uh-huh. Right? I, I was I was more shy and bashful. Oh. Yeah. Was, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Well. Like I was, that's like how I was at the party that we were at recently, uh, at, at your, your, your father. That's because you had uh, taken two flights in three days, were jet lagged and had given a talk that day. <laughs> yeah. So you're more run down. Than Among shy other and things. Yeah. And this was like the fourth of, of, of a, uh, of a five day party streak that I was on for my buddy Andy. So, so anyways, we did it. It ended up being okay. And now when I say it ended up being okay, like I thought it was perfect. Oh, I thought it was like, dude. That I just nailed that. But then you saw the video. The next Maybe day. we can drive around in a car and let the cops chase us around. Hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. Anyways, and I did the whole voice and everything like his because it's nice. a pretty easy song to sing. Yeah. And uh, then I watched the footage of it that Andy had oh, taken. There, were, there was there footage. was foot, and I did not. Uh, I did not. Uh, contrary to popular belief, I did not nail it. Mm. I was uh, I was shaky, uh, 
like in my body. Like I, it really? was hard to stay balanced. And uh, but that doesn't matter because Were you sweaty in the kingdom of my mind. Yeah. Oh, you. I was a kingdom. A, I was a benevolent. Maybe ruler. that's my problem. I was a lovely and benevolent yeah. ruler. I just have like a little pen. Like, I can't believe we're still like stuff. this is great. You know, we honestly need to just record for like twenty minutes before we start the show. I was going to say just, just make this whole show this. Just to get this out of our systems. <sighs> yeah, maybe it, this sh- this whole episode should just be, you know, karaoke whatever the, tips and whatever tricks. The, <laughs> you know, Mark Marin, he he interviewed a lot of comedians, and finally he's like, F- "We'll go to uh, we'll go to musicians. We'll start doing musicians now, uh, and and actors, and so like, let's just get whoever we can. Yeah, just, just artists who are as doing as long as they're vaguely entertaining. Uh, but and so maybe for us, it's like let's get all the business tips. Let's uh, let's get it all out yeah, there. Now and it's then karaoke. let's move into life stuff. Mm-hmm. Karaoke, hospitality, uh, making cocktails, the perfect size ice cubes for different drinks. I was just in a meeting with a guy who was looking down on me because I had some preferences about. He's like, I heard about that, ice cubes. I heard that the circular big ones is the uh, stati- like the best ice. I'm like, yeah, it's the best ice cube if you don't want your ice to melt. But I want my ice to melt in a lot of cocktails yeah. that I serve. That that is a feature, not a bug. Totally. All right, pal. And, and then because I, I was talking about the ice maker, I want to get, and he was like, well, I guess some people can do that sort of thing. And you want to like, get a circular ice cube? No, maker? I want. I want to get like my dream ice maker makes, but like three quarter inch cubes. <clears throat> ice. Do you, ha- you mean is this just a silicone tray or it's a maker? Of, a maker. It's like, like I want to hire pl- a full time ice. I want to plug it in. Oh, like a person. Yeah, like a plug in. Like a person that plugs in. It's like a, he's like a plug in for my house. Uh huh. Like, that I don't have to know. Like I can actually love. Do you have to pay this person? Oh no, because uh, it's one flat fee, and eventually he, he, <laughs> oh. he'll he'll wear out. He'll figure out how yeah. to escape. Eventually he'll wear out. Yeah, but um, interesting. As with all things, <laughs> like what's your favorite kind of ice over there, Caleb? I usually go for the big square cubes mm-hmm. when i'm drinking like whiskey. like the big inch plus size square no, no he's talking he's talking two inches the big two inch the big two cube. incher yeah the king cube it, you got that silicone tray that just holds six of them yeah and then yeah. i have the circular ones those are usually just for effect though because yeah. they're like they're a pain you know first world problems they're like a pain to like fill up correctly and not yeah you know totally so it's, it's mm-hmm. more like when the guests come over yeah, so Corbett and I are like, uh, and and you too, Caleb. Sounds like I mean, what, I I have I have a bunch of those trays of the inch cube ones, the silicone ones, and one of the king cubes, and a handful of the circular ones, and then I also have the neat ice kit uh, from uh, from Studio Neat, which I really love, um, and I'm always filling up those those circular those uh, square the one inch ones, ones you the know, little the, ones. the little ones. Yeah, and it's just a nightmare. Now you have the best freezer in the whole world because you have a little tray yep. that pulls out, and you could just fit about ten of those suckers on. Yeah, there. yeah, maybe like six or eight of them, but yeah. uh, it's perfect. It's a it's an ice tray. It, tray. It's a tray for trays. Yeah, it's a tray for ice trays. Which is which brings us around to the concept of niching down. <laughs> um, <laughs> that we I like how we're still steps. trying to make this on topic. I think we. I thought we were done with business tips. I wonder what people. I was just listening, looking through some of. Uh, we got some new comments on iTunes, which is awesome. When, uh, like, like I think the introduction from last week. I did uh, one of them. Our first review from the Czech Republic, a guy named Ryan, who uh, said Ryan. Yeah, who did? So the intro, the intro from I last. I feel week like is, maybe he's just passing through. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like actually from there. Well, I got to tell you, man, the Czech Republic <laughs> is wonderful. Greetings. Wish you were here. <laughs> Love your show, guys. <laughs> but I'm listening. I'm look, looking at all, all of the um, of the reviews there and hearing people like actually what I, my, my very favorite thing is some people like tell me when they tell me about their story. They're like, I thought this was going to suck. And then it ended up being great. And, you know, and, and about, you mean us about our yeah about our show. Okay. And, and then they'll, so I like getting it really feels like like there are humans writing these things, which is. Which is awesome 
to me. It just means the world. Yeah, it doesn't like feel like the that we're gonna suck. They don't feel yeah, like the offshore workers that we've paid to write those reviews. Yeah. They feel like real, yeah. genuine listeners. Absolutely, yeah. offshore is right. Uh, but uh, then I think about all the podcasts that I listen to, or you know, then it's getting fewer and fewer these days. And I'm like, why do I listen to this? Okay, I got to tell you, my one of my favorite shows of all time right now is Roderick on the Line. A guy what is named, that? A guy named John Roderick, uh, who's who's a singer of Long Winters. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> The most recent review says, this is not just another podcast with two white guys. This one has three white guys. <laughs> I know. I sometimes four. <laughs> sometimes I loved four. it so much. I almost used it. I'm, I'll use it on this one probably. God, oh. it's so good. Oh. Um, but uh, anyway, so I listen, to the, I listen to the shows I listen to. What I'm interested in is long, in-depth, exploratory, honest conversations. If I sense that there's something prepared beforehand, I start to tune out. Now, I think that's different from a lot of people probably within the Fizzle Show audience. And by the way, listener, I'd love to hear from you like why you tune in. On this episode, episode 70, go fizzleshow.co slash 70. Just write a quick bit there or in an iTunes review, even better, and let us know what, what is it? Why, why, do you, why do you like, why do you listen to this, to this thing? Because I end up listening to shows uh, because I like the people involved. I like their point of view. I'm compelled by them in some way. Like they help me think through. Yeah, oftentimes it's like, it might be like, so Merlin Mann's another, uh, uh, is, is the co star of, of that Roderick on the line. And he's just, he's got, he's a guy I've followed for, you know, a decade. Um, and, and a hero of mine. And I, I like the little tips and tricks that you pick up along the way, but most of what comes out of that is just a, a celebration of life, I guess, you know what I mean? And of, and of our, uni- our unique sort of poignant point of view as 30-somethings walking through the world uh, as we've inherited it and trying to figure out what the hell is next for us or what's worthwhile and what is and what's a waste of time and what's valuable. What's, you know, all of this other are you, stuff. Are you just rethinking the entire strategy of this show, the format of the show? No, no. It's okay. not going to work without Caleb around. So I know. Well, clearly we got to do something I'm else. Seeing, I'm seeing the demise of the show and, and Caleb, uh, Caleb's departure from fizzle. But, uh, and so we, we have to, we have to reinvent, we have to reinvent ourselves. But, uh, as I heard someone say, where, where did, where did I hear that? Uh, I can't remember where, but he was like, Someone was like, "Are you afraid of of death?" No, no. Oh, is that, is that Joe Rowski's? Oh, deal? we're going straight to this yeah. question. <laughs> Just to Joe Rowski's. <laughs> like, are you like, oh my god, you're going to die when you do this or something like that? Like, like now that now that that's not going to work, you're going to die. And he's like, I'm not afraid of of death. You, you, like when the creative process is, you die to your you die to your old self every day. There's yeah. something about that, that I really I like. I actually liked. I mean, I've heard I would have heard that five years ago and been like this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, oh man, come on with your talk and your guruisms, but. But it makes a lot of sense. The, the, I have this concept, this idea that, like, I think nostalgia and a and a romance of the past and of the good old days could kill us. I think I could get so lost in the grief and the things that I've lost that I don't move move on uh, and don't move forward, not move on. Move I think a lot of people are stuck like that, right? I yeah. think I look. I to me, there's uh, some old uh, movie. I don't know why there's so much nostalgia for the old days. Anyway, I, I mean, I guess it's just a human because emotion. It, it's where it's it's like hazing. In the military. Well, and we all have good memories of old stuff, but it's also weird when people have nostalgia for the old timey days that they didn't even live in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they pine for the fifties or something. And, they and what they understand about them yeah. is all like, based yeah. on Hollywood. It's more something. like, yeah, the Norman Rockwell photo is what they want. Yeah. But not, yeah. They want the reality. That, that sort of thing. They don't and, want the reality of, of the massive oppression that was going on at that time. <laughs> yeah, and, and the insane uncertainty and unrest, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, like, they want you know, the like bad we men, there. like, style of living but they don't want the misogyny 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Touche. Um, no, actually, I want. I want to. <laughs> they want to. They want to be able to chain smoke and not know that it's going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They want to be able to. Uh, we could keep going. On yeah, this we do. Long. We do. But that idea of of um, there's another guy, Bob Goff, that had said Bob Goff. So, Bob Goff. Bob Lazla blog um, had said something about like, okay, but which one of you? Like, which which of you? Was it, was it the guy in high school who was figuring out this? Or was it the guy in college who had figured out X, Y, and Z but was discovering these things? Was it the baby you who just was all about mom's boobs but now the 30-year-old you is just it's like all about all about mom's boobs <laughs> still? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't want to get too Freudian, but, you know, like, which one? Which one of you? And I look, I can see, like, I'm probably on V5.0. Five? I think so. I was going to go with um, 4.1. You think I'm at four point one? Yeah, you're like the Kit Kat version. So I'm a, I'm like a I'm a stage into I'm a, I'm one release into the uh, the new yeah the, you're the a, point, new, a point release new version right now. But we're you, waiting for the we're waiting for the full on. There's something scary to me about this idea of constantly reinventing yourself because where we come from gives us a place and a center to move out from, uh, and also because if I just wake up tomorrow and want to do something else and like feel passionate and driven towards it. Um, and it's and I sever all ties with all of the things, all of the people, and all of the history, and all of the stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, that's scary, but there's something in it that's like you know this really is your only your only chance, and this is your your one time around this this roller coaster. You know, you so, only get so many revolutions around the sun. Enjoy it, enjoy it, and who knows? And and, and it's all. I mean, if there's another go around, if there's another thing post uh, post abyss, then yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's good. Uh, we've talked about this before. It's there's a little bit of um a bad pattern that happens to people who fly a little close to the sun yeah. or who ask these bigger picture questions and too get, often. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I so I think you can go too far into the bigger picture stuff, but at the same time when we get into these business tips, mm-hmm. rich tips rich. and whatnot that so we've been rich. that we've been diving into for 70 episodes now, sometimes uh you can kind of only see the trees and you don't get to see the forest, right? Yeah, and I think, you know what, honestly, listener, if you want to, and like the, the people that I'm most excited about, I, I, look at, I look at the different stages of me. I look at the different, you know, the different versions, especially in the business stuff for me. Like Caleb, you, you, you recently announced that, that you're going to be leaving Fizzle, you're going to mm-hmm. be doing your own thing. What I envy so much about your position now is you're doing so with a built-in Rolodex of, of good friends who, who are in the industries and isn't that what it's all about it's like yeah. pick pick something that that you want to be good at work your ass off to become a some semblance of an expert just be it. valuable and then in it. Yeah. be valuable and then get to know as many damn people as you can yeah yeah you're absolutely right because for me when i started my first video thing i didn't have a single client like i didn't know a single person that wanted to make a movie mm-hmm. or video of any kind for the web and so i just did cold calling and i looked online and Craigslist postings and anything I could. Yeah. And it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It was the worst. Cold calling. But Caleb, now, because you've created, a, a, you were valuable, and with that value put you in situations where you got to meet people, and now you're connecting outside of just your value, right? Outside of your usefulness to somebody else. Yeah. You're connecting just on who you are and who they are. And now, and this is where, this is where, that's why, you know, dads always used to say, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Which isn't mean, which doesn't mean it's an old boys club, but it is. 
And it doesn't mean that you should just forsake being valuable to get to know people, but you have there's this there's this weird balance mm-hmm. be- between those things. But that's why I, I think you're you're set up so well, Caleb, for this because you can you can work with uh, with a. a so many of the names that you know who have who have businesses who are going to the next step and they need video help and you know that abundantly clear mm-hmm. and when I finally branched off on my own to do web stuff uh, like for the third time that was already the case now because I went to blog world I was already designing stuff I was already creating things that people thought was were interesting I had met a couple of people and that led to meeting a couple more which led to meeting you know 10 more and eventually I met you Corbett and you were the first of this what I foresaw as as uh, a target series of people who were at that level in their business and then I changed and your then mind. you just you just made me fall in love mm. boy howdy just whispered we should probably tell the listeners at this point that uh Neither are we drunk now, nor have we been drinking the past few episodes. Yeah. Because we're recording kind of early, and um, yeah. maybe that's the reason for I think all this that's introspection right now. We're just right caffeinated. Now. Yeah. We're caffeinated. Just mildly caffeinated. And it's like, it's like summertime here in Portland. We've talked about this before on like the work ba- work-life balance episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and in Portland, when the seasons change, it's a dramatic thing. So after going from nine months Which of is gray, weird, because I get out of sync with you. I get it now, because I'm yeah. in Portland right now, yeah. but- San Francisco has You're basically gray. like two seasons. Like there's the winter and then there's just nine months of it's 65 and sunny every day. <laughs> so I never know when it, what, what month yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, so and when uh, you go to Mexico, it's opposite of the bad season. And exactly. It's so summer it's just, for me. And yeah. you guys, yeah, yeah, I must be acting like, You're you like, know, come on guys, I'm feeling great. Let's go surfing. And, and it's like, this weird balance. Nah. Cause in the wintertime, I'm, I'm more than like, I'm waking up in the morning. And I just want to screw caps on bottles. Like I just want to edit podcasts. In I just want to write blog posts. Yeah. I just want to do the things that just need to be done. But in summertime here, it's like so hard to work, mm-hmm. and and it which when you take that work piece out from my Jenga tower, like <sighs> I go, who the yeah? What is the point of what's going on? Yeah, because I've gotten so much it's one in, of the legs of your tripod, so much internal drive for work mm-hmm. all year round, right? And then this happens where it's like for a second, it's like maybe you could also enjoy yourself, <laughs> and I'm like. Well, but why? But then I, but then I'll stop hustling, right? And the hustle got me here. The fight got me here. So won't I lose everything that I, I've got? Well, what do I have? You know, and and then you go, what's the point of the fight to begin with? Here's a good question for the listener. We are going to answer some questions on this episode, but first, I want to ask you a question, listener. What one thing uh, in your health that, if taken away, would confront your would be the the the, the hardest thing to get over? Do you mean like if you lost a leg? So let me, sort of yeah, thing? exactly. Or so me, if you couldn't see? Let me or, tell you mine. I think about that all the if time. You lose my, if I lose my voice, oh, if I lose, like if it gets gone, man, and I can't talk, you would become an artist. I think I do just a tortured, tortured soul. Now I have to ask myself, okay, so I can't get so addicted to this because I am good at this: the talking, the singing, the thinking, yeah. the conversating, the doing all this stuff. I know this is my art more than anything else, but. And so if it goes, I still have these ideas, I still have these things, but I don't have the mode by which I think those things through mm-hmm. or share them. Yeah. So I have, like, I, I've been confronted with that because we've been in situations where, um, like a WDS or conferences where I'll, I'll always end up losing my voice because it's so loud the first day or something, just in a, in a, in a lightweight. But it, the, it's made me think of, it just made, it shocked me to my core when I realized like, I am addicted to this thing. My power, this like my kryptonite. I'm unpowerful when yeah. this goes away, but that's not true. 
that's not true. Then you have to find your new way through it. And then I have been having like random, you know, at certain points where like you, you have that feeling like something's wrong with my knee. Like it's been three weeks now and I wake up and it's this, that, and the other. Like what if it's some, imagine some situation where you can't do the, the running and the, and the workouts and the things. That, I think you're overestimating how much running I do these days. Yeah, but. probably. But like the the health factor of like, okay, uh, so now you're in a chair. So what does it mean about you? The voice is a tough one. I think most people. I mean, yeah, I would I would have an easier time than you would, but it would be tough for most people. I or think. vision. And to me, those aspire, inspiring stories are the ones that are like you know, like we know for a fact something wretched and horrible happens to you, you will be a happier person. This mm-hmm. is this this is the science. Yeah, uh, of this stuff. Um, we're so resilient as a species uh and oftentimes it takes that bleakness to get back up to realize because otherwise we're just walking through a mediocrity right because we don't know a dark we don't know a light in any sort of contrast we just kind of see the gray and then something horrible happens to you or a friend or you feel things that are inexplicable yeah and you go through a thing that starts to teach you how to be grateful for what you have you know well and yeah and all those studies show that you know, whether it's you win the lottery or you become an amputee or whatever, yeah. you you go through a period of either euphoria or depression, and then you kind of trend back to yeah. whatever state of happiness you you lived by to begin with. Yeah, you just everybody kind of trends back to that that line, mm-hmm. which is kind of a depressing thought sometimes because we we all are like working we, so hard to improve to ourselves so much. Yeah, and then Someone, you realize. Someone said something, I think it was Pete Holmes on on uh, on his show, You Made It Weird, another show that I've been listening to a lot. Uh, and he said, you know, he was talking about the, the comedian, Everybody, the, the, the old adage is it takes 10 years for a comedian to discover his voice, right? To be on stage, 10 years of work, mm-hmm. of being out and doing this stuff. Uh, and, and he says, here, to, here I am, here I am. It takes me 10 years to discover what I had all along, right? And I, I resonate with that so yeah. much. And that's what that's what will happen with just about anybody who gets successful in a way that ha- that resounds with that authenticity, that resounds with a, a such a you-ness that that it, it's so compelling because it doesn't have to be big. You're not comparing yourself to others. It's a, you know, it's just this it's just this really genuine and expansive success that has very little to do with with money. It doesn't have to. Normally, guys guys and gals like that like they're like, oh, of course I'm, I make plenty of money. Like. But it's all this other stuff that, you know, it's like, I love that. But that sense of you have to do all this work just to uncover what's been there from the beginning. Yeah. And, and I've, I find that that's about a conviction and a convincing myself that this is me. Because so I have to get to a point where I believe it. Because when you have like an insight about yourself, but you don't believe it yet, that's what the work is. is you have to, that's why the guru says, I don't know. What do you want to do today? You know? <laughs> Does that little just ask questions head, back head waggle. because one of these days it's you start to get angry and move forward with a sense of of chutzpah that like is real power, which is an autonomous alive human being, or at least you you think that's what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm a year goes by and you're four. like, oh, <laughs> I'm only version four. Yeah, right. So that means there's been there's been several of these already epiphanies or right? feelings of like you reach some new height. Totally. Yeah. Um, but you're really just the same old 11-year-old listening to Goo Goo Dolls or whatever. Oh, God. Aren't we all? Caleb, are you awake over there? I am so awake. <laughs> I am so awake. Caleb, today your announcement went out that you were leaving leaving Fizzle. We're recording this episode a couple weeks early. Um, how's it feel so far? Good. I really haven't had much time to actually read some of the things that people have sent to me because I've been on some calls and stuff. But um, 
got some good outpouring of people supporting the decision and looking forward to seeing what happens next and you know combination of sad slash yay which is what chris johnson emailed me oh <laughs> sad slash yay. yeah yeah you know um i i heard from a few people that they're really concerned about the watch bombs yeah there's been neither of us are capable of that yeah. barrett i think is questionable yeah we got the, with the it, watch it's, bombs it's, it's, the brooks yeah. bombs yeah it's like we, i mean he's got yeah certainly he has his own bombs but it's I a just, whole different style of bomb so we actually are gonna this is exciting because your last course in in fizzle will be on doing watch bombs which will be great because then whoever we can can get on the you show. No, you really you really can't teach that though. It, There's all, some theory. That's my about fear. It, yeah. Which is it's which brings us which brings us to the ultimate. Uh, the ex- problem is he's going to teach us tactics, and we're not going to get the strategy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know. Totally. Uh, he's going to teach us the things that worked yesterday that they're writing about today, Man. and, and then we're all going to ruin it. We're all going to pile on that tactic. Yep. We're going to wear it out, and then it's wear not going it to work anymore. Well, because it was based on... They're going to fall flat. I like, don't want to say this, because maybe someone will do it, but I'd love to just have a compilation of that. Like, everyone. That would be really Every watch funny. bomb? Yeah, that'd be really funny. But there's oh, so that, many hours of... That would take some work. Yeah. No, honestly. I want you to spend the rest of your hours working at Fizzle <laughs> doing that, because that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is it your booty? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We've been ourselves for 25 minutes. What do you guys say we put on our our, our, been our the selves that we are right business now. builder hats and give these people what they want? They're sitting out there. All right, we've tolerated you for if long enough. If they're still here, dance monkeys. If they're still here, dance. Sing for your supper. Sing for your supper. And don't pull out some gin blossom. <laughs> yeah, what do you think this is? Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> we did karaoke in Mexico one night and. Uh, it was a late night. It was a it was a party night in in, in this place where Mex where, where Corbett goes. There's one big karaoke bar. There's about three locals in there and four white people, and I was one of them. And I got up and sang. Well, I did like a Guns and Roses song. Oh yeah, that you, I'd did, never done. you did. You uh, did Paradise City. Yeah, yeah. Whew, I think totally. That's a fast song, it was and tough. it goes on. It, it was like seven minutes. First long. one, first time I ever did it, and it was tough. It would probably yeah. be the last time I do that. But. Um, it, uh, <laughs> I remember that little, the little proprietor lady, the, 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 Oh God, she didn't want you to leave. Mexican woman, she just kept putting the microphone in my face because yeah. I was so loud yeah. that people would like poke in from the streets to see what's going on. Yeah. And they then eventually the commotion was, and eventually that huge group of baby boomers came over. Yeah, they did. That's right. Oh my God. That was Involving great. people that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay guys, let's jump into it. Now we want to answer some questions, some listener questions, some questions from listeners. We got some listeners out there. They got some questions. We're looking to answer those things. Want to answer it. Want to give it our best shot. We want to give some solutions yep. to some problems that exist out there in the world. And what we're looking for is to create value. That's our valuable property position is we want to create value. That's the that's what we do for a living. And so you got questions. We're going to give answers. And the answers that we give are the answers ourselves that we would give. No, they're so, final answers. They're, and they're exactly Exactly right. I mean, that's what I was getting at. Is that these are the answers that everybody, uh, everybody else would say, no matter who you ask. Uh, but you're you can only get them here because we're the only ones with these answers, these specific answers that everybody would say that's the right answer. That's correct. And these are the answers again to your questions, the ones that you're bringing to us uh, uh, in little baskets through multiple modes. Yeah, Mo- multiple modes. Carrier pigeons, There's baskets. A, a, a boat came. Yep. There's other one came a by boat. A horse head in your bed. There's a horse head in bed. There's a lot of messages coming through. Some of them are questions. Some of them are statements. Horse yep. head was more of a statement. Yeah. Unless it was a question about horse biology. Like how did the how did this horse become dismembered? Let's let's say uh for example someone's asking uh, uh, tell me about the muscles in a horse's neck. <laughs> so 
That's probably the best way to find out. That would be the question in that message. But I think it's more of a statement. I see. Thank you. I think it was heading more towards uh, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, CW. I want to hear about uh, a question specifically from from a gentleman named Adam. Okay. Who who wrote in? Uh, I think that sounds like a good one to do. Would you say? Yeah, sounds good. So he says, and this is a long one. So you want to know what's on my mind literally at this moment, as in tonight? It's hard to find the line between good preparation and launching recklessly. There's a lot of talk about, quote, MVP and, quote, just get it out there. And if you're not disappointed with your launch, you waited too long, etc. But I think something really gets lost in that mindset. Most of the projects I built with the, quote, build it and they will come philosophy. But my latest project is something I really believe in and believe it has the potential to become a full-time slash rest of my life kind of thing, which means I need a plan. I don't want to waste initial momentum. I really want to prepare well for success rather than just throw it out there and see what happens. But, and there's always a but, I'm not sure what that line is. At what point do I say, quote, I've prepared, I'm confident, and now it's time to launch, unquote. How do I know when I'm there? Or better yet, how do I know when I've crossed that line and I'm just being the self-doubting, perfectionistic asshole that I usually am? Adam. Wow kind of harsh on himself adam is harsh on himself i uh i think there's a bit of a a different line here that he needs to watch out for Hmm. um one is i I feel like he's putting a little too much pressure on himself and that's an easy thing to do and then you can kind of get you know locked up whatever um the other thing is i think that you can build something up in your mind and make it seem like it's the greatest idea ever and you can make planning and preparation an excuse for not actually putting your idea out there to see if people actually care about it. Yeah. So he's making this a lot about him mm-hmm. right now. And there's a danger there because uh, maybe the world won't like it. And the, the biggest risk, as we say, as an entrepreneur, the biggest risk that you face is that you're going to build something that nobody cares about. And the longer you spend in planning and preparation mode, the more time and effort and money and resources and everything that you poured into this project. Um, and so it can kind of become like a, a catch-22 situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I tend to try to err on the don't plan and prepare as much. If you care about it, people are going to sense that and you're going to do better work yeah. to begin with. But I don't think that that means there needs to be a, a much longer planning preparation cycle than he did before the other approach of put something out there and see if people like it. That's still the the correct approach. Even if you care about something, mm-hmm. I mean, I, with, I was just going to say, thinking back at fizzle. Yeah. We, from like kind of the first idea of talking about it to figuring out the name and what it would be and having chase come on and everything. That was a long process. If you think about it, we weren't yeah. working full time on planning and launching this thing for multiple months, but it was conversations and ideas and all that kind of stuff for many months before like we actually started coding or writing or yeah, buying yeah, totally. domains or whatever. But that was uh, that was all background time. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, we know we want to do this thing, but we're too busy right now. We've got these other things going on. So let's just kind of keep it idling in the background until we're ready. Yeah. But the funny thing is, um, Caleb, for as long as that process seems like it took, it pales into comparison to the amount of time that we spent actually on Fizzle after it's launched, right? Right. Because we were just talking, you had your three-year anniversary. Fizzle launched almost two years ago in, mm-hmm. in beta. And um, so that means we couldn't have spent more than like 
four or five months on yeah. on the idea before we started into it. So yeah, which is the same amount of time I I knew my wife before I mm. asked her to marry me. That's how you you kind of shoot from the hip. You There's, do a ready fire aim sort of thing. Ready fire. We got to get married now. Damn it. <laughs> Um, so let's say for the sake of our argument, this, this Adam, uh, this anonymous Adam is a, uh, very talented web designer, uh, who might, for example, run a podcast, like, uh, interviewing interesting creatives, like, uh, designers and, and, uh, it, like for the, like, again, the sake of argument, we'll call it the gently mad or something like that. This is a podcast. It's wildly successful. It's fine. But, um, let's, so let's say it's that, that's this Adam, and that uh, and that he's tried a few business ideas, things involving maybe again because he's a di- designer, maybe things like WordPress themes or or mm. um, uh, obviously you know doing independent uh, freelance work, creating an agency, things like that. Maybe he's tried a lot of this stuff, and he's landed on something a little bit new. Uh, also, for the sake of argument, let's say this guy has a sort of history of. Of coming up with ideas and, la- and trying to launch things, and then moving on to the next thing. Right? Let's say that's happened maybe two or three times. Um, I feel like you got some notes that I didn't get. Uh, like, I'm just, just I'm just shooting from the hip. Just adding okay. some color to this. Oh, got it. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah just hypothetical. hypothetical. Um, so uh, in that situation, what what I think about is this: uh, I was I was actually having having cocktails with a guy last night that i just met who's putting together a magazine and and it's a great idea for a magazine uh and he's just looking at how much it's going to cost to do this that and the other and we were talking with another guy who's who's done publishing stuff before and he was like okay it's gonna cost this much for this many but i could double that many just for another thousand bucks well like well shouldn't i do that and yada yada yada. and the question i asked him was well uh, how 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 confident are we that we could sell these thousand magazines the you know say you get five hundred and then you can pay an extra thousand so it's like eight hundred eight thousand dollars to get five hundred of these things you know printed and then it's and it's a thousand bucks to get uh, or it's one thousand dollars more to get a thousand so you double things for the for an eighth of the price right so right shouldn't we do that like shouldn't and I was like well what's your how confident are you could sell five hundred magazines he's like well I don't I don't know. I don't know that, but I think I, I'm pretty confident in it. We're going to do Kickstarter. We're going to do all this other stuff, which is, by the way, what's so great about Kickstarter for an idea on the front half is you can have a version one. You can have a first edition and say there's 400 of these things and uh, I need to sell out before I can choose to go further with this project. Right. You do a great, so what, how much preparation do you need to do to make a Kickstarter that people will believe in enough exactly. to, to give you their $30 right. for a magazine or something like that? that would, that's a great, that's a great uh, metaphor for how much preparation do you need to do before you launch a thing. It's not a metaphor, it's yeah. a real thing. And it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you need to convince me that this is a real problem, you need to convince me that this is going to be a real solution, I'm not going to give my money to some punk who's just going to You got to like, make a quirky video. You got to do a video with some quirk in it some wit some wit uh some some internet salve uh-huh Savvy. salve 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 uh-huh. uh but right, you got to do these things where where you where you show me uh you show me your vision and now I, okay i would just went this morning to my son's preschool there was like the last day of summer party where we got to go in and have a snack and they got to sing their did you sit cross-legged their i tried to i can't i, just, I can't i just either. can't do it um so, uh, by the way, if anybody has an online course on how to, uh, no, sit I'm tired of the world making me feel small <laughs> for not being able to sit cross-legged. I like it. Uh, it's true. It's true. I just gave up. I was like leaned. I like fell over. Yeah, like I just leaned back. Um, but 
anyways, this teacher, this this young, cute teacher is doing this thing where she just, it's like there's a bunch of parents in the room and it's almost like she didn't even know. Because she's like, we're going to sing these songs. We're going to do the things we normally do. And this is for the kids. And I know that I'm crazy to you because I'm I'm just so... Because I'm teaching because five-year-olds? Because I'm a preschool teacher? Yeah. But she went for it. She went for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And... and um, there's something about the, the gift of improv is when you, Mike Myers was saying this on WTF the last time I listened to an episode, he was like, Phil Hartman best ever because he buys into the scene like all the way. Like there's no, it's always a yes. And, and then he'll take it someplace you never thought it would be, um, eventually. So you just, and, and there's that, that, that gift of being able to just like, I'm just going to believe the reality that we walk into right now. And we're going to just create it as I'm believing it. You yeah. know, and this weird sense of doing that. Um, there's also this quote from someone, you know, behave as if, I think it was from, it might even be from Conan O'Brien, behave as if, Hey, if you see people that are a certain kind of way and you want to be like that, you want to be the kind of person like that, just behave as if act accordingly and your, and then your skills and talents and your, your work will, will eventually work itself up to that level. And the two will meet, right? You have like your idea about yourself and then you have the reality. And the idea about yourself is normally informed by some stupid political bullcrap about who's a rocker and who's a rapper and who's a blader and who's a skater, junior high bullshit, right? But, uh, but so we have all of this, this loud speaker stuff going on inside of us. And then there's the reality of who we are and, and what we're good at. Uh, again, I am going to come back to Adam. Yeah, I'm, I'm Adam's waiting question for here. But to me, it's coming back to this idea of, of vision and conviction, uh, it was something I still haven't been able to work out these thoughts. I think it might, I think all of the answers might be in it oh. you know, about conviction about there's a time when, um, when you believe so much, you, you, you just are this thing that you do, or you, you, you believe so deeply in what it's for that you're compelled to, to keep improving that your, your solution, your, your version of this thing to do that. There's this, these people that operate on that level where it's like a comedian or like I think of Amy Mann, the, the indie singer songwriter, and she's just clearly doing her thing. Mm-hmm. Just, I know it's not what, what's hip anymore. As that Portlandia episode. So, so perfectly really lays out. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm not interested. I, I'm going to do me like there's she's enough, gonna clean houses. There's enough space for me <laughs> yeah. to be me yep. and I can earn a little, little living doing this stuff because she's like, I've done the work to know where I want to be and what I want to do. I believe that this, this is unshakable right. to me. So I, what I dream of is meeting people like that. Right. Who, so, who feel that way about, about things instead of like, oh, I think, I think this is what I could be like. Though nobody's saying I think this is what it could yeah. be like. You're, you, I can tell that you're behaving that way and that the way you're talking about this thing is you're, you're early on. So that's good. We got to start there. And you got to go. You got to go hit some bricks and go do some things and pound, pound the pavement and all that stuff, right? But because uh, over time you're gonna learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but do you guys do you know what I mean? What I'm saying? I completely get. It, but I think you are. So for Adam, you're encouraging him just to. I say plow, I'm, plow forward as if he's going to be a success. No, and not, as if this is going to. No, I don't a, know which which way is the right way within that. Necessarily. I just know that for me, it's taken a lot of trial and error to land on a thing, to land on a team that felt like the right team and the problem that felt like the right problem. But, but you, but you're, you know, a couple of years down the road where Adam doesn't know that people even care about this thing that he's talking yeah. about. Amy Mann has 
30 years of singer-songwritering totally. to know that people like it, enough people like it that she's comfortable with her career and whatever. Um, and we're in the same position. But Adam needs to get to that position. He needs to kind of decide. I think I think there are problems that are worthwhile that you can say, you know what? I'm going to attack this problem for the rest of my life or for the next decade or whatever. And I'm probably going to have to zig and zag a bunch to figure out what solution people care about or how I present that solution. Yeah. But the problem, so Adam could buy into this thing and, you know, he's saying right now, it feels like he's landed on the thing that he's going to work on for the rest of his life. So that's fine, but you need to realize there's this series of battles that you're going to fight. It doesn't mean that you lose the war just because you lose a battle, Yeah. but you're going to have to put your thing out there. And I think you need to do it sooner than later to find out if, because you do have to yep. support yourself. No, and, you're right. And it's really easy to lose steam when people poo-poo your idea. Yeah. So you need to go through a few cycles of putting it out there. Hey, do you guys like this? No? Okay, let me fix it and see if you like it. Yep. You know, and, and go through that over and over again. Totally. Yeah, and I guess what, what, I, what, I'm, going, what I'm heading towards uh, is, is because I do know this, Adam. And, uh, and, and also because I have been thinking so, so much about this conviction stuff. And the only way... Th- you are going to be really successful when you land on your conviction. When you move from this sense of this is who I am, take it or leave it. I'm a preschool teacher and I'm going to do this for the kids. So you guys can watch if you want, but this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, To be able to do that where it's not an addiction to cool anymore. It's not an addiction to fitting in, an addiction to people liking me. I feel like the designer crowd gets wrapped up in that a lot. We totally, Dude, I think cool might be the worst thing. I mean, bloggers and writers and stuff do as well, but it's it's yeah. different for designers. Cool might be uh, the greatest power. It's like because it is about appearance, which is like the worst. It's like cool is is a religion. It can be used for great good or great evil. <laughs> it really can be. You know, um, I can get you to stop wasting electricity by making it look cool to not waste electricity. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that for the people who know them, who are like who are like are so just lost in themselves that they're just like I'm not going to try to please you. Yep. You know. Anyways, so the point being that that for all of us, that conviction comes if we keep doing the work. Um, now, what do we do in the meantime? What do we do right now when it's a nascent idea? What if I was a good? What if I was got all guruish and said like, "Well, because you had that idea, doesn't that mean it needs to be pursued? Right? Isn't an idea good uh, in its own right? And and the fact that you had it is." A sort of an idea that maybe you should can, be having it. Can I just come over and you you wear like a special outfit, and I sit on the couch and tell you about my problems? And what problems just, are these exactly? Well, exactly know. what? What do you mean exactly? I don't know. I, I, you know, every once in a while, you just start questioning everything. Hmm. What is everything? Like um, who you've chosen to work with as mm. business partners? Yes, and. Uh, why they keep coming up with these silly voices and what that means for what's going on inside their mind. What does that mean? That's what I want to know. Tell me more. Well, um, (laughs) Caleb, can you back me up on this? (laughs) There's a third person in the current conversation right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Okay. So, I mean, I'll put a, a, a bow in this, but to say, uh, I mean, in some ways, you could look at this very tactically and say, okay, at what point do I need to just tell the world about my idea or do the necessary searching about the things and seeing if people will like it? Um, one of the things that stuck out about this guy who's making this magazine is he doesn't, he has a, he has a, like, he probably has, he has a Twitter following. He's a great guy. He knows a lot of people. And oh, he, he has a Twitter following. Get it out there, right? But, but he doesn't own an audience. 
the way that anybody who's been blogging for five years will have a built-in audience, right? Right. If you've if you've pro, if you said these are things I care well, about, yeah. and and yeah. even if I mean if it's two people or or whatever, but yeah. like chances are, like I love telling people, oh, good, you're going to be a blogger in five years. You're going to know exactly what you're supposed to do with your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because starting a blog is the best thing I ever did in my life. Is starting starting to figure out what could I say, getting it out there. Are you, and you're saying that starting the starting the yeah. seven year journey. You're not of mocking me. Figuring out how to say things that that count, that like how how to say true things. Okay, that could be helpful. It's and it took and it took five years to get to that point. Thought you were mocking. Minimum. Um, so, anyways, the 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 point, Adam, for you being, um, you know, you you say you want to prepare well, and you want to get to the point where you're pretty certain about it's time to launch. Um, I like the way that you, I mean, you answered your own question in the way and all the caveats that you put in there. Like, I know I just need to like, if you build it, they will come. But I know also that I want to prepare and do this thing. Nobody's going to like be a force in the marketplace in five, in five years. Plan on that. Plan on that. Plan on being a force in the market at five years after you launched. Right. So nobody remembers your humble beginnings then. Nobody remembers, uh, you know, all of these little things that, that these boo-boos and this, this stuff, you know? We're we're two years away from uh, from a gnarly mess up, uh, almost two years away from a really bad mess up, or no, we're like a year and a half away from sending like twenty emails to a list of sixty or sixty thousand no, or something. Only like that. Nine months ago, it's whatever. I, I'm I'm trying to make You're it go further to, yeah. in our history, um, and that cost us a great deal, and felt made us feel stupid. It was it just did. a dumb technical error, and we're still trying to recover from it. But guess what? In two years, we won't we won't really remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, except for as a joke. Yeah. So when you could do it, like, like, uh, Anne Lamott, best book on writing. I'll close on this. Anne Lamott, Bird by Bird, was probably, besides Stephen King's on writing, the best book about writing I've ever read. And, uh, she says, every, every writer, you, you've got to start with a shitty first draft. I want to know if you actually read that book or if you read a summary of it. I actually am reading that book. It's so okay. amazing. Okay. You're, I'm reading it through to the second time. Okay. Yeah, so it's right above my toilet upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there. so you get through three pages a day and something like that. I'm yeah. in the stage right now where I have like about nine different books that I'm partways through. Yeah, I do that all the time. I I, I've it. never done it before. I, I kind of read like it. three chapters and then I get. I love it. I've got a book on improv, a book on screenwriting, a book on uh, on the history of advertising, which is I think it's. I think the web has kind of screwed us up because you. You get like into the third chapter of a book and then they mention something and you go look it up and you're yeah. like, oh my God. And yeah. then you're on to the next and thing. And next thing you know, you ordered 10 books on Amazon. Yeah. And just arriving. Yep. Okay. So um, l- listen, we got to call this to a close here. Um, and we got through one listener's question. Uh, uh, Adam, what I love about your question is you, it is so clearly heartfelt. And, and knowing you as a person and listening to your lovely podcast, The Gently Mad, you are someone who is exploring and pushing and thinking and fiddling and trying to figure out who the hell you are and what you're here for. And this is my favorite kind of person. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, yeah, uh, what, he's what asking you do. the right question. You're asking the exact, the totally the right question. Because what it also is saying, you have an idea that you want to launch. You just don't know how much prep is necessary for the launch. So my actually, I think honestly, think about it as a Kickstarter campaign. Even if you're not kickstarting it, even think if you're not of it using that way. Kickstarter, yeah. think of it that way because you'll you'll. It's a perfect metaphor for like this is how much you have to tell me before you launch a thing. Before mm-hmm. I can put my a little bit of trust in you. And and by the way, hope in you that this thing you're going to make is actually going to solve my problem right because i if i do have this problem and this kickstarter says something and it's like dude this could be the bag this could be the one that i just love so much 
you know. Oh, it's we're back to bags now. Everything comes back to bags. I don't know why you would say it wouldn't. <laughs> it doesn't for me. Caleb, what what would you add here to the end here? I mean, I've had a lot of things where it's just I'm thinking about them forever and kind of like how we came up with fizzle and we how we planned it for a long time but it was just like casual but then like once you sit down to do something i think the only reason that we were able to launch fizzle so quickly was that we set a date internally it was like okay mm-hmm. this is the date we're doing this and everything then was driven off the date and so yeah. you can think about things you can plan it in your head for as much as you want but i think until you decide on a launch date and you start having to work towards that thing that's really where all the momentum comes from. And yeah, you just have to launch with what you have on that date. But when you know that that date is coming, then, you know, maybe you'll work a little harder, or do what you need to do and prioritize a little better to get the stuff done that needs to get done by that date. Yeah, I like that. Am I right? Am I right? I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. Caleb's just saving his middle name for some special, special occasion, I think. Special, special someone. So there you have it. Our thanks to Adam for your question. We uh, we love hearing from you guys. And you can ask your question. We'll do our best to answer it for you live on the air. Can't promise that the ideas we'll have will be any good, but they're probably better than you just sitting around by yourself. So just head over to fizzleshow.co slash ask and ask your question. Speaking of links to fizzleshow.co, fizzleshow.co slash 70. That's 70. F I Z Z L E show.co slash 70. Those are letters. Just letters. Just the 70. Just the letters 70. The letters, the numbers. Those are just the numbers. Fizzleshow.co slash the numbers 70. Not the number, not T H E. And you, no, just 70. Just seven, just the seven and the zero. Okay? And we're not spelling anything out. We're using numbers. Go to fizzleshow.co slash 70 and you'll see my two very favorite books on writing there for you. I mentioned them both here in the episode. Here's an iTunes review from Varied Thoughts in the U.S. Varied Thoughts says, Inspirational, funny, and simple. Five stars. This is not just another podcast with two white guys. This one has three white guys and sometimes even four. None of the BS found in most other entrepreneurial resources. Thank you, Varied Thoughts. How varied your thoughts are indeed. Uh, listen, if you like this show, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't, doesn't cost you much. It means the world to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. You've heard me say that before, but I mean it. Um, we don't know how to get into new ear holes, but it's, we heard someone say that uh, iTunes reviews help. If you could take a few minutes to fill one up, that'd really be awesome. And say something funny. Uh, write us an intro for the show, or show. We need more of those. I've gotten a bunch from them uh, from in the comments and stuff. So I think uh, th- that'd be awesome if you could write something like that. Make fun of us. It's fun. Just uh, search for the show. Search for Fizzle in the iTunes store and click write a review. Listen, uh, we have no idea what we're doing. I mean it. Like Corbett, Caleb, myself, we have very little understanding of what we're doing. Uh, at least some of our best things end up coming from things we were the least likely thought would be success- successful in any way. Uh, they just came from weird stuff. And you, you probably don't have any clue what you're doing either. So let's be friends. Find care. Take care. Serve hard. And dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next 
Fizzle Friday.